This is Dropout Nation. I'm Rashawn Biddle. Today on the Dropout Nation podcast, higher ed for all children. Why we must prepare all of our kids for success in school and in life. 42% of students who took the SAT in the class of 2015 scored at levels high enough to be deemed successful in college and in life. This isn't shocking, though it's terrible. After all, ACT came out with similar data showing two out of every five of the students that took its test last year were going to be successful in college in the long run. Just two out of every five. And it's also not shocking because for a long time, based on other data, we have known that our children have been poorly served and poorly prepared for success in higher education, be it traditional college, apprenticeships, technical schools, and ultimately in life. These data points, along with new evidence that has come out about where our children go after they leave high school offer more reasons why we must provide all of our children with the college preparatory curricula they need so they can choose their own paths to lifelong success. Now, as I said, none of these data points are shocking, nor is the fact that just 33% of American Indian and Alaska Native students, 22.7% of Latino students, and a mere 16.1% of black children who took the SAT in 2015 were able to score at 1550, the level that is associated with higher likelihood of graduating from college in the long run. Not shocking at all. After all, when we start looking at other data points, it's been clear for a long, long time that our children have not been prepared properly for success in school and in life. This is a particularly amazing and difficult and really terrible problem for a whole bunch of reasons. One reason, of course, is because if the children who graduate from high school and go on to college and to higher ed, they're more likely to be successful in the workforce, to keep jobs, to remain employed, to be able to provide their children with middle-class careers than other than peers who do not. In fact, if we look at the most recent unemployment data based on seasonally adjusted rates. We know that 7.7% of high school dropouts age 25 and older were out of work. While that is 1.4 percentage points lower than reported numbers for the same period last year, it's still double the rate for high school grads who attended or completed some form of higher education. And three times the 2.5% unemployment rate for collegians with baccalaureate and graduate degrees. The fact that 55% of dropouts age 25 and older aren't in the workforce at all, and because of their lack of skills won't likely return, means that this is a tremendous problem. Meanwhile, we know the fact that 5.5% of high school grads in the workforce age 25 and older, high school grads without any form of higher education credential or any amount of higher education, 
while that is half a point lower than the same period last year, this means that they're still more likely to be unemployed than peers who have some higher education and collegians with baccalaureate and graduate degrees. Just as importantly, with 43% of high school grads without high school educa higher education not in the workforce of, at all, many of them are likely never going to re-enter the workforce anytime in the future. And let's be clear, the long-term prospects for dropouts in high school grads without higher education hasn't gotten any better. In fact, when we look at the when we look at the numbers, especially the fact that they're part that they make up the bulk of the millions of unemployed those who are unemployed for the long term for 27 weeks or longer, this means that their prospects for future employment are even dimmer than we would than otherwise. But it's not just about employment numbers. It is about preparing our kids for higher education. It's about something that we don't really admit. That at the end of the day, high school seniors who say they may not go to college end up taking some form of higher education. In fact, all high school students end up, nearly all of them end up in higher education at some point, be it a, be it a traditional college, a community college, a technical school program, an apprenticeship. And that is because at the end of the day, they realize that they need higher education to be able to succeed in an increasingly knowledge-based economy. This point was made a few months ago by a report released by the William T. Grant Foundation, which really tracked by the Federal Educational Longitudinal Survey, students who had graduated in 2004. What was found by the report and by the team led by James Rosenbaum of Northwestern University is that Basically, 86% of high school graduates eventually attend some form of higher education. This includes 50% of high school seniors who express no interest at all in any kind of higher ed. This, and we're talking about the kids who are considered by some, most notably Michael Petrilli of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, Andrew Hacker, and and the folks of the Pathways for, to Prosperity report released by Harvard University as kids who aren't worth considering in providing higher education in the first place. Kids who aren't worthy of Algebra 1. Kids who aren't considered worthy of any kind of college prep. That data point pretty much eviscerates their argument. The percentage of high school grads attending higher ed doesn't vary based on their academic performance. 73% of high school grads who performed at low levels on their 10th grade exams eventually took some form of higher education within eight years, as did 87% of peers performing at average levels and 95% of those who were top performing. This was also true regardless of socioeconomic status. With 75% of low-income high school grads, 86% of middle-income peers, and 95% of higher-income counterparts eventually going to college. 
But, you know, that bit of good news is countered by the reality that because so many of these kids were never prepared for higher ed, many of them will never get any form of higher education or leave with a workforce certificate, an associate degree, baccalaureate, or graduate credential. 46% of those first enrolling in community colleges and 23% of those first enrolling in four-year universities attained no credential at all. While their economic prospects are certainly better than those of high school dropouts, the Grant Foundation team found that they were less likely to be employed than those who left higher ed with credentials. The earnings of a high school grad with some higher ed on average was at least 10% lower than those of peers with a certificate, associate degree, baccalaureate, or graduate level degree. The lack of completion is especially problematic for those high school grads from the poorest homes who proceeded on to higher education. 36% of low-income high school grads who first attended a four-year university failed to attain a higher ed credential. This was true for just 26% of middle-income peers and 15% of counterparts from wealthier homes. It is also quite troublesome for any high school grad who first starts on their higher ed path in a community college. With one out of every two high school grads from poor middle-income households failing to attain a higher ed credential. And it can be especially arduous for those high school grads who are first in their families to attend some form of higher ed. Just 51% of those kids eventually attain a credential. Now, of course, you know, why do we have so many of these issues? Of course, one of the problems, if you talk about completion, lies with the fact with our complex and incredibly obsolete approach to funding higher education, especially for first-generation higher ed students, many of whom come from poor minority households who have who lack parents and caregivers familiar with navigating the FAFSA forms and lack the financial cushion to deal with emergencies, su- emergencies such as when Pell Grants come in too late, these kids find themselves struggling to survive in environments for which neither school nor home ever prepared them. That community colleges altogether fail mightily at supporting low-income students and providing higher, high-quality higher ed is also a problem. But that's not the only problem. The biggest problem lies with the failure of American public education to provide college preparatory curricula and guidance to kids so they can be successful. See... We know by now that college preparatory curricula is critical to helping kids graduate from high school and complete higher ed, yet few children, especially from poor and minority households, will be provided that academically nourishing curricula. Just 13% of American high school graduates, high school students from all socioeconomic backgrounds were taking college preparatory courses while the rest were taking rigorous courses, according to the National Assessment of Educational Progress in 2009. As 
Dropout Nation reported in its analysis of federal data, just 21% of middle schoolers in seven states that mandated Algebra 1 in 7th and 8th grade were providing that in 2009-2010. The consequences can be seen when kids enter higher ed, especially community colleges. Just one out of every ten community college students in remedial ed programs graduate within three years, according to Complete College America in a 2012 study. But that problem law is existent, exists long before secondary school. As a team led by Amy Claisons of the University of Chicago determined in a study released last year, all children benefit from exposure to advanced content in reading and mathematics, especially those in kindergarten. In this case, advanced mathematics for kindergartners include advanced number concepts and basic arithmetic such as addition and subtraction, usually taught in first grade. Yet few kids are provided such high-quality content in maths. And the low quality of reading curricula and instruction in early grades all but ensures that far too many kids are functionally illiterate or reading at just basic levels by the time they walk into high schools. Of course, there's another part of the problem. There is the fact that we overuse traditional school discipline and overuse out-of-school suspensions. As Robert Balfans of John Hopkins University determined in his studies, sixth graders who are marked unsatisfactory for behavior and likely suspended have little chance of graduating high school. But the consequences of overusing suspensions, along with the fact that they hide the failures of traditional districts to address underlying literacy and other learning issues, extends even to those few kids who do graduate from high school. Just 31% of high school grads who get in trouble three or more times as high school sophomores attained any kind of higher ed credential, according to Rosenbaum and his team. This is likely because the misbehavior that manifests in kids by fifth grade is a result of literacy and other learning issues that are almost never addressed. But it isn't just about academic failures. As Dropout Nation detailed four years ago in a profile on the efforts of the Sea Forever Foundation's Maya Angelou Charter Schools, traditional districts fail mightily in helping kids stay on the path to success in higher ed. The very scale that should allow districts to help children stay on the path to educational and economic success, including the providing of guidance counselors, is of little use in an age in which ensuring all children get a high-quality education is still more important than how many students attend in the first place. Benjamin Castleman of the University of Virginia and Lindsay Page of the University of Pittsburgh determined in 2013 that simply sending students text messages to fill out college applications helps kids stay on the path to higher ed. And so we need to address how we help kids get the funding that they need for higher ed. And we also need to help provide those kids with guidance counselors. We need to overhaul higher ed in the first place. But let me tell you something. None of that will matter if we do not transform American public education and help all kids attain college preparatory learning. This starts with implementing high-quality curricula standards, especially continuing to put in place Common Core reading and math standards. But this isn't enough. Providing kids with college prep curricula that aligns with the standards is also key to making the promise of high-quality content a reality. 
It also means ending the rationing of learning, including gatekeeping gifted and talented programs that are key to kids getting on the path to higher ed, that are a legacy of 20th, 20th century thinking that only some kids, namely those who are white and middle class, deserve college prep education. This means, basically, let's go and be blunt, getting rid of the schools such as Stuyvesant, which have been only geared towards those who are considered to be capable of learning. This also means building upon efforts of, uh, that are being done in places such as North Carolina, where Project Bright Idea is helping to provide low-income kids with college preparatory and gifted learning, all of those kids, as well as building upon the work of the St. Charles Parish District in Louisiana. Who, which declared that every class for every child should be a gifted and talented course. The work of providing kids with high quality education must begin early. It means providing intensive re reading remediation to the 40% of children who enter K-12 with literacy issues regardless of what their parents do at home. It also means using tools such as response to intervention to identify those struggling kids and providing them with that remediation. And it means that our kindergarten classes must provide intensive math instruction, especially in order to help kids understand that numbers represent quantities as well as understand basic arithmetic. And then we must also stem the overuse of suspensions and expulsions. This means we have to address underlying literacy and learning issues. This means we must focus on approaches that actually help children learn and improve their learning instead of just punishing them. And finally, we must move away from the traditional district model. Moving to what Dropout Nation calls the Hollywood model of education, in which a variety of schools, including independent public schools, charters, private schools, online office, DIY schools launched by families and communities, parochial schools, others, can help all children. This means expanding school choice, expanding parent power and parent trigger laws. This means getting away from a model of education that has never served children well and especially doesn't serve them well now in an age of knowledge-based economies. It's time to take the warning from the SAT data. <coughs> data. It's time to take the warning from the SAT data. It's time to take the warning from all the other data and actually build high-quality education for our children. Let's do it now. Let's get them on the path to lifelong success. Listen to the Dropout Nation podcast every Sunday. Also, read Dropout Nation every day for your news and commentary on the reform of American public education. And read my columns in The American Spectator and elsewhere. This is Dropout Nation. I'm Rashawn Biddle. You have a great night.